0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Gals. And today I have with me Chris Nova. Hi. Now let's start with your title and what you do. Uh, okay, cool.
1: So I am a senior developer advocate for Microsoft. Okay. And I advocate for all of our products. Okay, all yeah, of them. I, I will mostly, so I guess when I say all, I'm always thinking in my little niche because that's all I, I really pay attention to. Um, but I do a lot of like containers and Linux. Um, I'm a big open source community member mm-hmm. so I'm like involved with the member, involved with the politics, I write a lot of code I'm kind of a big part of that as well. What were you doing before you joined the CDA team? I was doing a ton with virtual machines when I started my career I, to like rewind all the way back. like I started off like having pet servers that I would like go and provision manually. And then I like kind of leveled up in my career and like achievement unlocked. I started dealing with virtual machines and automating this whole like data center VM style build your own environment. Okay. And then now I get to play in the cloud and I do like container orchestration with Kubernetes and a lot of like the stuff I work for is solving the infrastructure layer for this same sort of set of concerns of how do we run containers on several servers in the cloud.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So your whole job is to now advocate that that yes, whole process. so it's like going back get, to what get I said a good earlier. Word out. Get yeah. a good word out about it. So you used to get a lot of conferences, do a lot of blogs, a lot of videos. Is that is that the goal of? of your role now? Yeah. Spread the good word.
1: Spread the good word. And it's like, I like to kind of think of myself as like, I'm always on Twitter. I'm always like, I think I'm in like 32 different Slack channels. Nice. So my day usually consists of just, I get a ton of like questions and feedback, and people want to work with me on stuff. And I try to like, do my best to keep up with all of that. Oh, yeah. And just help people in any way I can. Like I've uh, you know just met somebody like on Twitter for the first time. And I'm like, sure, let's jump on a Hangout, and like let's Sweet. fix your Kubernetes problem. And I love it. So yeah. if you have
0: any Kubernetes container questions, hit her, <laughs> hit her up, okay? Is at Chris Nova?
1: Uh, yeah, at Chris underbar, underbar, Nova. Like at 200 bars, keep that in mind. Yeah. All
0: right, so let's go back, rewind. Okay. Childhood Chris. Oh, God. Dream, oh dream God. sequence. <laughs> how did you even get started with computers, technology? Let's ignore the whole container thing for now. Let's just okay. go back to the basics.
1: Wow, how did I get started with computers and technology? Uh, I was kind of a dork growing up. Like nice. I, I, I was super introverted. Um, and I moved around a lot as a kid. So a lot of my friends were online. Nice. So uh, growing up, like, I don't really have real physical friends and all of mm-hmm. my real friends in the wild, like exist in like, IRC channels <laughs> or like over AOL chat. So that uh, after a couple of moves, like being on a computer kind of was my social life.
0: What was your first computer? Oh
1: gosh. It, it, I remember it had eRAM and it ran MS-DOS, Oh, wow. I don't even remember which version it was. <sighs> and it was so big and so heavy. And so, like, the 10 year old version of myself used to, like, carry this giant computer around the house and, like, go plug it in so I could, like, sit in the living room and computer. And then, like, I wanted to move it upstairs and I like, carry this big so computer. So, it was your own upstairs. personal
0: computer. It wasn't the family computer. Oh,
1: no, it was totally the family's computer. Oh, was it? Yeah. But you
0: treated it <laughs> as a business. I was own.
1: just like, no, this is coming with me. We're going to move this downstairs. Today. Nice.
0: I love it. So, then what happened? Like, you were just got it really involved in computers, wanted to know how it worked, or. Started taking them apart, or how did it all spiral into high school Chris and college Chris? Sure.
1: So I, uh, I, I guess it all started with like I always like saw like the big kids like doing really cool stuff on computers, and I remember my friend Ben, like, his older brother, like called himself a hacker, mm. and like this, I remember the first time I heard that word, I was like, Oh, I need to be a hacker! I need to be a hacker! Yeah. And his whole thing was running Linux, uh-huh. and so I decided like on our second or third family computer, like I was going to go put Linux on it and. Uh, I ended up breaking our computer and accidentally installing Linux instead of like installing it next to the host operating system. Um, and I got in so much trouble my parents grounded me from using Linux in our house because oh I, man. So yeah, so ever since then I've like always f- fell in love with free open source software. I loved what it could do. I loved how I had so much power to break stuff. And I just kind of got addicted. And
0: it's ironic that you're a like Linux advocate, no. and your
1: parents grounded you. For yeah, it. like they they came into my room and like took away all of my Linux like <laughs> CDs, and they were like, "You can't have these anymore. You're grounded." Did you just
0: like wipe out the computer so it had yeah. nothing left on it? Yeah.
1: Well, like I thought it was. I thought Linux was a program. Yeah. Like I didn't understand what an operating system yeah, yeah. was. I mean, I was like 12 you years just old. Just wiped it clean. I'm just like oh yeah, right. I'm gonna.
0: And your parents probably had no idea how any of that stuff no. worked. No. Yeah. To,
1: to them, all that they knew was it used to work, and, and now, now we it lost. Like bank statements and tax return information, <laughs> and
0: that is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you you fell in love with Linux. You fell in love with hacking. Yeah. How did that evolve in high school? Are you just doing that all the time? Or oh yeah.
1: I I mean I I like got in trouble for like overclocking computers by in high school and like heating like up. Like in the
0: computer lab. Oh yeah. Oh man, you're and awesome. I
1: took like computer programming classes and like finished the entire semester and like the first week and then oh, my, wow. my teacher like used to come to me and like ask me like how to do things like in visual basic when I was like wow. 16
0: that's amazing yeah so then what happened when you graduated college or high school did you did you go to university yep or? I went to university but I never graduated what happened
1: uh, <laughs> this is another ridiculously hilarious story um, I I wrote a program uh, to scrape down all of our Textbook information from the school's Blackboard site, and it ran every night. And the local IT people caught me, and I was put on academic probation because they, they thought that I was cheating on all my homework.
0: Unbelievable! <laughs> that is a fabulous story. So then
1: I started working at a bar, um, <laughs> and, and that was just so much fun. I kind of just did that for a while. I never yeah. I never went back to school.
0: Oh man! Yeah. Well, they're probably regretting it now. They're like, we needed her as a graduate from here. Yeah. <laughs> She's killing it now. So what happened after the bar? You were like, I miss computers, let me go back to that world? Or?
1: Computers never left me. After mm. I worked at a bar, I joined a band and was homeless for a couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Then like, then I like, got like an adult job uh, working in a data center in Colorado. Okay. And then that's where like my DevOps career started. So like, yeah. I've been using and loving open source software and thinking about open source like in all aspects of my life, my whole life. Had kind of a weird, like almost whimsical relationship with computers and Linux, and then like got a job where I used to go and like terminate cables and like hook up switches and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what what do you love so much about the open source community and open source software? Is it just that you can hack it, you can manipulate it, and I think
1: I think to me it's like it's it's empowering because like you can you can go and break something, but you can also fix something, Mm. right? And then also like just this idea of I'm going to share to make the world a better place mm-hmm. and not for like selfish reasons. And I remember like when I first started getting into open source, like there was this bug that I was experiencing and this guy said he like he patched it and I downloaded his patch and it didn't work. And I like messaged on the forum like hey this patch doesn't work and like he handled that so well he was like oh I'm so sorry let me take a look and he fixed it the next day and that was the first time I ever saw somebody fail publicly Mm. and handle it well yeah and like everybody else in the community got excited about this failure because he went and fixed it yeah and so like for me I've taken that and like really learned that like how do you fail publicly and why is it important to like learn from your mistakes and why that's a good thing and not a bad thing?
0: When there's not like a big corporation or a monetary factor associated with it, you can fail faster, you can mess up more, and you're kinda just like, oh, sorry, let me go fix it. You know, you don't have to worry about the consequences of like, I want my money back, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this software does not work. Exactly. So that's awesome. It's a very free form kind of environment. Yeah, it's cool.
1: And like I grew up with it. Like yeah. I wanted to like liberate myself from like a computer, so I installed Linux. Yeah. And, so it's just always kind of been there for me. That's
0: awesome. So what happened after the data center job? You just stayed there for a while or?
1: um Yeah, just like I, I did the classic DevOps. Like I started out as uh, you know working in a data center and like driving to like downtown and checking my badge in and bringing my toolbox with me That's to cool. like now I'm going to go write bash scripts and like do half data centery things and half bash scripty things and then like writing bash scripts turned into I'm going to go write PHP and like next thing you know I'm a full fledged software engineer. Wow.
0: Yeah. It's that easy of a transition, huh?
1: <laughs> I love a good transition. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, it was like six years to okay. kind of go through that whole process. Yeah, and this is uh, moving over to developer advocacy at Microsoft is like the first time I've actually moved out of the software engineering realm. Mm. So this will be like a big philosophical transition yeah. for me for the first time in I think six years.
0: So the data center job, how did you end up at Microsoft? What was that time period
1: um, like? Yeah, so it, like I moved over to a really great company called SolidFire and that's where I really got into um, sort of managing virtual machines mm-hmm. and writing software around. How do we make this easier, and how do we build out these clouds, and how do we manage these environments for people to run applications? Nice. And it was cool because it was always like it was always in the name of running apps. Like everything I did as a DevOps engineer was like the, the apps are the important layer, and you just have to deal with all this noise underneath that nobody wants to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's where VMs came into it. And then like taking that next philosophical like step in the direction of containers and then mm-hmm. of course Kubernetes happened and mm-hmm. like phew, that just totally best. Why me
0: what up. was that like? I don't know, I don't work with it. What is Oh that? Kubernetes Blown is blow my mind.
1: Um I, like where do you even start with Kubernetes? It is so Liberating, and just it totally changed the way I thought about software. So Kubernetes starts with like an idea first, and then like we write software to like go just make sure that idea comes true. Hmm. And for me, like software was always like the, like the opposite of that. Hmm. Like you would always be like, Oh, okay, I'm going to go and write software, and hopefully it will do what I want yeah. it to do.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, the way it should be. The, right, the Kubernetes way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like this. Uh, to quote one of my good friends, Joe Beta it's like this goal-seeking behavior. Uh-huh. So you like you go and you say like, "Hey, Kubernetes, like I want like four of these things or two of those or whatever." And then like there's these loops that just loop over and over again, like robotics loops, and they will go and actually like try to reconcile that and make it come true. Uh-huh. Um, so Google did a really cool thing at Google Next where they set up like whack-a-mole. With the Kubernetes control loop, uh-huh. where you would like go and say like I want all nine of these like whack-a-moles to be like up in the air, uh-huh. and you would push one down, and it would detect that and like try to reconcile it and push uh-huh. it back up, and wow. like no human could beat the nice. Kubernetes control loop. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. So that was like a cool idea um, for me and to like plug that into containers as well. It was just like it totally, just completely shifted the way I thought about applications and yeah. supporting applications. Uh-huh. And my whole life, I was like struggling with how do I like do VMs well and I had gone through this process of like, this time, it's going to be different. Yeah. I'm going to really, really manage VMs really, really well this time and I know this is going to work, and then it would fail and I would like, no, this time, this <laughs> is going to be the one that's yeah. different. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so then you the, the world of Kubernetes opened up to you. Yep. And it you blew your mind, and then what happened?
1: And then what happened, I, I'm still working in Kubernetes.
0: So what? how did you apply to Microsoft? Did you just like, apply I, online or?
1: I came in with uh, I was working for a startup in Boulder called Deus. Mm-hmm. We went through an acquisition, oh. and that's how I ended up here.
0: Yo, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And then, how did you end up in the cloud developer advocacy role?
1: I've been really trying to get into advocacy for a while, and like I really wanted to go and have a chance to interface with people mm-hmm. and like go and give talks and help people, yeah. um, as well as be able to be technically challenged. Nice. And like I remember talking with Brian and he was just like, yeah, you'll be doing a little bit of like technically things, and you're going to go advocate and you'll be out in the fields, and And we really want- This is it. I'm just like, I'm home. All right. This is what I want. Perfect. I love your
0: story. Yeah. You were like meant to be in this role. I can't think of where your future will be because I feel like it's like- It's here, yeah. This is perfect. This is it. Yeah, totally. You you, as a a young child who broke the computer running Linux, now you're where you have to be.
1: Right, and I advocate for Linux every day. I love it, and I love how Microsoft is like. This is Microsoft got tangled into this because that's like the plot twist. Yeah. Because everybody's like, Microsoft wouldn't like be a part of the story because it's all Linuxy, and it's like, nope, they're like. They took a
0: crazy turn this way. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome.
1: So it's like exciting news in season four. Like Microsoft (laughs) is involved.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. All right, now it's time for our lightning round. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. I I didn't prep you at all. I'm just gonna start spitting out questions, and you spit out answers. Oh wow. But I I pause a lot because I always forget what they are. So okay. We'll start with what's your favorite programming language? Go. Yeah? Yeah. Is that just like what containers and Kubernetes works really well with or? I, I love, uh, yeah. Kubernetes is written in Go.
1: A lot of programs I uh, work with are written in Go, and Go is how I learned concurrency and how I really, like. it was the first big like compiled language that I fell in love with.
0: What's your second favorite language? Bash. Absolutely Bash. Nice. Yeah. So were you excited about Windows on Bash, or yeah. was that, okay, was no. that just like oh my god? No, awesome.
1: like I did an interview with Brian Kettleson, like another guy on yeah. our god, our team is so ridiculously yeah. amazing. <laughs> really I worked with like my people. best friends. <laughs> um, so I was on an interview with him for GoTime, and he was the one who told me about it. And like I like went home and like looked, and like there was this aha moment where I like was using Bash in Windows, and, and was I was just like, oh, like,
0: where am I? Like what's going <laughs> on? Here? That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, absolutely Star Wars. Look at you,
0: okay. You <laughs> are like Star Trek. putting your foot down it's Star Wars. Don't even argue with me. Yeah. Um, what do you spend money on that makes your life easier? Like something you would never give up. You're like, I don't care what my budget looks like, I'm spending my money on this. Mountaineering equipment. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I saw that picture on Twitter. Yeah. So you just like what, like buy fresh and new, or did you did you just add to your supply? Or I have
1: a whole room of like mountaineering goodies, uh-huh. and like every mountain I climb, there's like I always like invent some excuse like I wow. need this new gear, right? Yeah. Like that's a really tactical ice field. I'm gonna need some new crampons. Like, <laughs> what was the last mountain you climbed? Uh, the la- well, I did three in one day. Ooh. Uh, Saturday. So like wow. like five or six days ago, when I was in Colorado. Um, But the last really exciting one I did was Capitol Peak in Colorado Uh a couple weeks ago, and that is the uh, the hardest and most lethal mountain in the entire
0: state. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Have you? uh, What's your ultimate mountain to climb?
1: Everest. Is it really? Are you just saying that? I mean, it's kind of like a hokey pokey goal. Like I don't know if I'll ever actually get there, but like, I would totally do it.
0: Or or K two? Is that another
1: one? (laughs) K two is intense. I don't know. Let's
0: not do that one. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: don't know if I would do K two. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like I'm doing Mount Rainier in two weeks nice. and I am I hear mount. that one's intense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is there like training you do before or?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm always hiking and, uh, and kind of training. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of be in this residual state of like always exercising, always training, always mountaineering.
0: What's a good like exercise at the gym you should be? Is it the Stairmaster so to like get I haven't been to the gym in like 20 years. Oh, So everything you do is like outdoors? I just
1: like go jog on mountains. That's oh. like the only thing you do. That's the way to get <laughs> yeah.
0: ready. Okay, cool. Uh, what else is there? Um, hmm. mm. We're going to have to cut this part out. Okay. Oh, my phone, my questions. Let me grab my phone. All right. One more question. What is a app you use that makes your life easier? An app I use that makes my life easier? Either on your phone or your computer. Or- uh, I'm trying to
1: think. What is like one cool? What's your favorite? What's your Yeah, favorite? I'm trying. I know I've got to have like some secret app somewhere that I use that is like hilarious or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I. Sh- I feel like so cliche saying this, but Docker. Yeah. Like just having Docker being able to run in Linux, and I can just put it anywhere. And mm-hmm. then I've gotten to the process of just containerizing stuff, like. Um, so that's been pretty handy.
0: What's a fun one, like a fun phone one that you like?
1: So I so I just started working on containerizing Internet Explorer. Oh, okay. So I can do expense reports <laughs> on, on Linux. Uh,
0: there's like an app for that too, or yeah. something. Some Windows Ten app. I don't know. I, yep. I don't use it. I go to the browser. So that
1: like just learning how to do that was like fun and exciting.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's still kind of new for me, so yeah. I
0: still get like excited when I get to do it. What's uh, what's a what's a fun fact or, or a fact about you that most people don't know about? Oh uh,
1: well, I'm totally transgender, so that's cool.
0: That is cool. (laughs) Yeah. So what is that? What was that process, or what was that finding out about that? How was was that experience?
1: Uh, It it worked out so well, Um, and I kind of like feel a little bit lucky Mm -hmm. to kind of have gone through it the way I did. Um, Because I totally started off my career like in a data center as like a tech bro with like a big beard, (laughs) and then like like. Transitioning and moving into software engineering and kind of going through that whole process, like I really got, like, I used to be so bad about, like, you know, diversity and thinking like weird things about women and having Mm -hmm. these, like, these grievances. And then, like, experiencing, like, that aha moment of transitioning and realizing how horrible I was, like, it's really kind of given me some insight into the world and, like, why it is important to embrace, like, other ideas.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't think that you would have that transition. Like, you were, like, that's it's so extreme. Yeah. Like, so now you're just more you know you know both sides. You know like how the other party feels and now you know how it is being on that side. Yeah. And that's so cool.
1: I love I love like when I get an opportunity to like go have like a drink with like a dude who uh-huh. like hasn't like really thought about the world in this other way. Yeah. And like I just get to kind of explain to them like what it was like for me uh-huh. and tell them how I used to think like very similar to the way they did, and then like as an engineer, as a linear-brained person, like explain to them the other.
0: Do you usually open their mind? Yeah, really. It's
1: so much fun. It's like my favorite thing to do. (laughs) That is amazing.
0: What what what's your advice for the younger generation, um, that that wants to get involved in tech, in tech or uh, yeah, run Linux, break stuff. (laughs) That's it. Just break stuff. Like if you're breaking
1: stuff and your computer doesn't work, you are doing it right. Keep up keep up the good work. Yeah,
0: that's great. And anyone who feels. Uh, like they need a, a change or a shift in their in their mindset. What would what would be your advice to go break stuff? <laughs> uh, well, go break stuff, but also
1: like in general, like I just love uh, telling people like if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel awkward, if something doesn't feel safe, mm-hmm. like it's good for you. Yeah, you should totally like force Embrace yourself it, yeah. into those weird and awkward that's moments. That's how you
0: grow. You know. Yeah, exactly. And you feel uncomfortable.
1: That's good. So like, don't yeah. don't ever take the easy way out. I if, love it. If it feels wrong, you're doing it right. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. Sure. This is the killer team. Check out Chris underscore, underscore Nova. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, two underscores. Follow her on Twitter, ask her questions on Slack. You're killing it girl. Cool. Thanks. Love it.